In the Pits is partnered with YI Paintball. Paintball, there's nothing like it. On the field or off, it's not just a sport, it's a community. The people, our people, come from all over, with vastly different lives during the week. But come time for Paintball, we're one community, with a lot of stories about why. Follow YI Paintball on Instagram and meet the members of the Paintball community. Learn about how they started, what their journey has been, and their ultimate why. Why Paintball? What's your why? In the Pits is partnered with Pod Runners Union. Follow Pod Runners Union on Instagram to find strength in union and celebrate our sports pit crew. Send in photos to represent your union local and be featured. Stealing pods for undeserving teams. It's a living. In the Pits is partnered with Mariachi Aguilas de Oro. Based in Austin and servicing the surrounding areas, these golden eagles will bring life to any event you are having, from birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, corporate events, or even a simple performance to enjoy. Guillermo Padilla, one of their trumpet players, is also a member of the Texas paintball scene. Visit them on Facebook and Instagram to check out some of their past performances, or give them a call to book them for your event today. In the Pits is partnered with Skull Monkeys Paintball. Equip, engage, excel. In the Pits is partnered with XTPL Events. The Extreme Tournament Paintball League is a series put on by the Lukau family of paintball fit fame that gives the opportunity for players to learn and grow together as a team. Three-man, Challengers and Champions X-Ball, Draft Mech X-Ball, and even Youth 3v3. There's something for everyone at XTPL. Not to mention prize tosses, raffles, and the infamous paintball munching contest. Events happen throughout the year, and the prizes never disappoint. Sign up for an XTPL event today on PB Leagues. In the Pits is partnered with Hydra. Designed by players, for players, you can outfit yourself in Hydra gear from head to toe. Have confidence that when you make a purchase from Hydra, you are purchasing a well-tested and well-thought-out product, trusted by several top teams, including first-place semi-pro team PaintballFit.com. I personally recommend their Hydra Black knee pads. Purchases over $100 receive free shipping. Head to Hydra.fit to browse their selection and discover the Hydra mentality. In the Pits is partnered with Bem Wraps. Behind every mask is a unique and creative player. Tap into it when you order your next custom headpiece. Their Build-A-Band lets you communicate with them one-on-one to make your order just the way you want, all the way down to the color of the stitch. Check out their Instagram, at BEMRAPS, for drops and build videos of them working on orders. They offer very competitive pricing, so reach out today to get started on your own one-of-a-kind headpiece. In the Pits is sponsored by FU Athletics, created with a purpose and focused on building a better you. We are a brand that matters in your workout, and every purchase gives back to cancer research. Go to thefuathletics.com and use code INTHEPITS25 for 25% off of your order. In the Pits is partnered with Compete. Compete is a Texas-based brand by Jell Stewart of professional team AC Diesel that provides custom jerseys, pants, headbands, straps, tech shirts, and any other soft goods to help individuals and teams compete at the highest level. Support Texas Paintball and message Compete on Facebook or Instagram and mention In the Pits podcast for 10% off your entire order. In the Pits is partnered with Get That Shot. Get That Shot now offers first-in-line photo and video editing, 20% off Get That Shot merch, and 20% off prints to all teams that wear the Get That Shot logo on their jersey. Message Get That underscore Shot on Facebook or Instagram to become a Get That Shot program team. In the Pits is partnered with Paintball Kumite. 
Paintball Kumite is a program designed by Colt Roberts of professional team San Antonio X-Factor to take paintball players of all ages, experience levels, and skill groups and mold them into champions. The program breaks the game down into small, easy-to-learn sessions designed to help you master the fundamentals so that you can elevate your game. Newcomers to the program get a free one-hour introductory class when mentioning In the Pits. To sign up for a class, message at Paintball Kumite on Instagram. Welcome everybody to episode 68 of In the Pits Paintball Podcast. This podcast is focused on everything that has to do with the paintball scene here in Texas, from professional players and teams to new divisional programs, local tournament series, field owners, Texas-based brands, even photographers and videographers. Every week we will have a short and sweet episode with a new topic and special guest. I'm Christian Smith. I'm a player for the Texas Titans, and this episode we're going in the pits with Ryan Sartor, commentator for the Bunker Fest webcast. Ryan, how are you doing this evening? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. I know we are uh, officially in October, officially in championship season here in Texas, and we've got three back-to-back weekends in a row, first with the Bunker Fest event, and then the following that we've got USXBL, and then following that will be XTPL. And then I think the week after that, we're already into World Cup layout weekend. So it's going to be uh, hard and fast here in October. Oh, yeah. A lot of paintball going on. A lot of uh, a lot of grinding at the end of the season. Everybody's want to make a big splash uh, before the new season is coming up. Absolutely. And with all these cash prizes that are coming up in these local events, it's hard not to uh, be like kind of making that last push for the championship. Absolutely. Um, everybody's going to want to go for that series. Everybody's going to want to make a name for themselves. Everybody's going to want to roll that energy into next year. You know, you win big at the end of the year, your name's on top. Everybody's going to remember you. Tryouts, bring in new players, bring in new sponsors. That's what they're going to see, which, how you ended the following year. Absolutely, and that's the one that everybody remembers. So uh, let's go ahead and get into this. So this first question is brought to us by XTPL Events. So uh, let's talk about your story first. So for those listening that maybe don't know about you personally, how long have you been involved in the Texas paintball scene? So um, I'm in the military. So my Texas paintball experience didn't really start until about 2012. Um, started in 2012 when I got back from Afghanistan. Uh, I tried out for AC when Greg Pauly first started that team. I actually played with Jill Stewart uh, when AC was just a D2 and a D4 expo team. Uh, took second with Jill Stewart at a World Cup in five man and D3. Uh, played with that organization. Uh, left for a bit, came back, and then I played for a couple other uh, well known teams such as Austin FSU. I played with TOG. I took fourth at NXL event. Um, and then just kind of been a part of veteran militia playing some local events and just kind of been around with Bunker Fest, uh, ever since then. But I've been playing paintball since, uh, 1999 is when I started playing tournament paintball. Oh, wow. And I know doing the, at least trying to do some research on you, I use uh, PB leagues for most of that. And so PB leagues really only starts in like 06. So what are some of the teams that you've played for over the years? So I started playing in 97 at the famous SC Village in SoCal. Uh, back in the day on the West Coast, it was all seven-man. So I played a lot of seven-man stuff. My very first team shout-out to my boys, Legion Mob, way back in the day, uh, and 10-man and stuff like that. Uh, 
got stationed in Hawaii. When I got and played some seven man at some local uh, West Coast Adventure Regional and some MPLs back in the day with some uh, Hawaii teams. And then when I got back from Iraq, play PSP for the five events in 2007 with a team called Tropical Lightning in D3X Ball. And um, following that, Alabama, Texas, so on and so forth. And started playing more X ball. Um, some of the reputable teams I played for would uh, play uh, Seven Man with Destiny, play with Absolute Chaos out of North Carolina, Energy Elite, their divisional team, uh, AC that I talked about, um, TOG, FSU. Um, played with a, couple, a lot of local regional teams. Played with the Outlaws for a little bit as well, right? Outlaws, what else team? The uh, Trade My Gun Outlaws, I believe. Mm, I saw it. I saw uh, it on yeah. your profile. So no, Harker High Outlaws. I think I played gotcha. with them in events, and then I helped coach them when I was at Fort Hood. Um, on a brain fart for a little bit. Carolina Breakout played with them when I was up there. PC Katana, I played with them for a very long time. Uh, divisional team. I played with a lot of these. Teams that gone pro, but I played on their divisional teams. And, of course, being in the military, they've gone up. And I was like, hey, i got to leave. So I've kind of always missed my opportunity to keep following them. But uh, uh, Veteran Militia is kind of the team that I've been sticking with just due to being in the military and part of the commit sometimes with some of those organizations. Awesome. Well, there's uh, definitely a lot of well-known names and on your uh, on your belt there. So... Uh, what was it that kind of got you into paintball to begin with? To be honest, I was in uh, seventh grade. Uh, went to a new school, made a friend, and uh, I saw a brochure for SC Doge. It was this awesome brochure, like big buff dude with paintball gun. And I was like, that looks cool. And he's like, hey, want to come play? And I'm like, all right. And if anybody's ever been to SoCal at SC Village, some of the best scenario fields, and they have all like downed aircraft. And like bunkers and tunnels, and they just have all these props. And right off the bat, I was like, "Man, this is awesome! Love it! Just love scenario balls like that." Um, actually, hated all hyper balls stuff like that. Um, then I grew up down the street from a paintball store where actually um, it was funny that um, Mike Paxton used to go there all the time when Bushwhackers was there. So he used to be there in Jules Fude and a bunch of those guys. Um, I was just a young high school kid, and I would go there after school all the time. And I was like, hey, I'm interested in tournament paintball, and the rest is history. And then I've been addicted ever since, since 99. I love it. Sweet. Yeah, it's cool to hear the stories of like those that got into the game because of like the well-known names at the time just kind of reaching out and uh, like helping them get their start. And paintball is so awesome, especially nowadays where I feel like there's a lot more, uh, more of, of those kinds of people out there that are trying to like help the, the newer players and help bring, bring people into the game. Yeah, it was, uh, I just, I just was in that area in a great time. I mean, I remember playing 10 man against the Iron I remember when all those guys were the same age as being a little bit younger. Like it was, a, it was a great time in Southern California to be in that area. Like all the legends were there, but everybody was kids, and it was balling out. I remember 
San Diego aftermath when they were first built and they're all tiny kids and playing against them in the seven minutes. It was a good time to be in that area. They stayed to play paintball and I joined the military. So that's life. <laughs> yep. So you've, you've kind of been around a lot, especially within paintball within Texas, all across the United States. So uh, this question is brought to us by pod runners union. Uh, what are some things that you've noticed have changed within paintball either for, uh, and I know in the question I sent you is specific to Texas, but you seeing as how you've kind of been all over the U S uh, what are some things that you've noticed have changed over time within the scene as a whole? Well, you can't change the economy. So the economy affects paintball. Uh, and we remember the height of paintball was like 2007. Good. Like it was booming. I mean, when you're talking about when I went to World Cup in 2007, and it was at the Disney Sports Complex, and there's over over hundreds of teams in every division just maxed out, just tons and tons. Like they had 20 something fields. It was huge, the biggest thing I've ever seen. It was it was just unbelievable how many people were there, and uh, everything was so cheap. I mean, I've Back in the day, like white box, fifteen bucks case. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, mystery box, like ten bucks. Like, hey, here they give you a white box. You don't know what the is. Sometimes you get like you get chronic. Sometimes it'd be crap and faint. Um, the formats have changed. League owners have changed. Uh, at the end of the day, it's like paintball trying to survive. Sometimes there's good people trying to do good things for it, and bad people trying to do bad things for it. Some people are trying to make money. Some people are trying to do it for the players. At the end of the day, you know, some people just say it's a hobby. Some people like it's a sport. You got to love it. I mean, if it, it's one of those, I think people do it um, because they like being around their friends and they like being building memories. But I think people do it because they are competitive and they want to see the sport built and want to, they don't want to hang out with their friends and win, and they want to see it become a legitimate sport that can one day be on TV and we could have a legitimate, you know, money pot coming in and stuff like that. And I would love to see it one day. I think that would be something great. I don't have the answer to it by any means. I think there's some people who have good intentions, and I just hope. It goes in the right direction. I think some people have made strides in it, but it's a hard thing. I do not envy, with knowing the behind the scenes of Bunker Fest, I do not envy any league owner, any of them, from Tom Cole to the top to the smallest person on the regional level ball. I do not envy any league owner. So hats off to all of those guys for trying to do what they can do for any people. Right. I know there's a lot of uh, individuals out there, a lot of groups out there, uh, that are trying to answer that question of how do we grow paintball or how do we make it more mainstream than it already is? Uh, how do we get it to the, like kind of the big leagues and make it, make it its own big league. And, uh, I don't know the answers to that. Um, and I definitely am not involved like behind the scenes in a big way by any means, but, I know that there, uh, at least the time that we're in right now, it feels like there's a lot of change going on. Uh, I, I think it's exciting that, uh, there are people trying new things out there. Like you've seen just this year alone, you've seen, uh, like 
at the World Cup, there's going to be a new format debuting that they're going to play on Wednesday with the pros. You've seen uh, Oliver Lang and the Hormesis 1v1 uh, Joust and Duel Tour. Uh, and also like the explosion of the youth movement. Uh, there's a lot of things that have happened just this year alone. And I'm uh, curious to see how they're going to carry over into next year. I think anything that sparks an interest to make a new movement is a plus. You know, getting the youth more into it, awesome. Uh, a way to make people a little bit cheaper, awesome. To make it more affordable, great. To make it more team-based, awesome. To make it more individual-based, awesome. Any little niche that is a way to promote paintball in a different way is always a positive way to do things. Um, and I think the solution, hey, if you have an endless supply, endless, endless supply of money, that's the solution. If you have no worries about money ever, ever, there you go. You can figure out how to do paintball. <laughs> that's, that's the easy answer. All right, any Powerball winners out there, if you're listening, you know what to do. Right. Hey, if Jeff Bezos wants to invest in paintball, there we go. We can figure it out. Yeah, we'll take it. All right, so this next question is uh, brought to us by Skull Monkeys Paintball. Uh, so in your paintball career, you've played for teams all over the U.S., but your last couple of years uh, have been dominated by appearances on veteran militia. So tell us uh, more about your experience with the organization. So I love being a part of veteran militia. Um, I uh, became, I played my first event with them, in 2000, let's say 15 or so, it was like a local event. I uh, was part of the group. I just moved in the area, and they are like, hey, we're trying to put a squad together. And I'm like, yeah, I'll come up. And I just jumped in with a bunch of guys I met and played with them. And it was, it was pretty awesome. And then um, I originally uh, knew Jeff Munoz, which I know you know. And uh, I was a part of the Army All-Stars team, which he made himself, and he brought me on to VM team, and then the VM had their flagship team, which was their D3 team, their D3 five-man team, which is more nationally known as their highest winning team out of all of the uh, VM teams so far uh, nationally recognized, and he brought me on to that squad to fill in, and VM is a great organization. I mean... To be able to bring guys who don't see each other regularly, and it's D3-5, man, but it's still competitive. Like, it's, I know it's not X-Ball, and we don't win in X-Ball at national events, but D3-5, man, is still competitive. Everybody's balls break on everybody. Everybody's still working their butts off out there. But uh, to come together where you guys don't see each other and go out there and take a first or take a second, that's still pretty impressive. And our rosters, maybe... Or you might have the same four, four or five guys on a roster, maybe if you're lucky. Sometimes there's been events where we've only had three of the same guys on a roster every event, and the rest of the five, six guys have been different. So they have that kind of continuity and that relationship to be able to just jump in on a squad and play and actually beat people. I think it's kind of impressive. And I don't know if a lot of other teams can do that, to be honest. Yeah, I definitely don't know uh, in or any other organizations out there in paintball that have uh, quite the system or quite the uh, quite the member size as y'all do, not by a long shot. Uh, 
And one thing that we've seen uh, starting last year is kind of more and more of these members getting featured on center court. And uh, this year is going to be the second annual uh, Commander's Cup, which is going to be taking place at World Cup, uh, usually on um, November 11th. So uh, this question is brought to us by uh, Bem Raps. Uh, so last year at the first Commander's Cup, you played with Army. Uh, what was the experience like during those games, and uh, what can we expect for year two? First off, it was heartbreaking. <laughs> it was heart. It was heartbroken, a hundred percent. We were just so close. Um, I just still remember it. Like ran a guy, like ran the guy down, and shot him. Spun on me. Started three on five. Lost three on five. Lost. Uh, what to expect? Well, I'll already tell you now. Shit talking has started. Every branch is talking shit to each other, and I love that. It's like it's like fun shit talking. Like everybody's bashing each other. Marines, they're like, we're still the champions. You know, the army's like, we're coming in hot. You know, navy's like, we're still a team. And Air Force is like, we find guys. You know, and the Space Force Coasty's like, can we play? You know, so uh, the shit sister talks. So we got coaches. They're getting players. Um, uh, we're going to still see the same uh, same intensity, the same dedication the guys want to play. So the difference is, is that you should not see any of the same players from last year. It should be all new players. So what we're trying to do is we're rotating all new players uh, as much as we can, um, at least every year. So, like, if you played a year, you have to take a year off. And then coming in the next year, if rosters can't get filled, then you might be able to rotate. Uh, more players in. So, for instance, the first year, the rosters had most of the rosters had a couple of pro players on them. This year, I would be surprised if we even see one pro player at all. It might be the high flow, might be a semi pro, or divisional guys. Um, so, the coaches are picked, the teams are being picked, and the group chats are starting, stuff like that. Um, I doubt though any of them will practice, stuff like that. But the shit has the shit talking started. Um, I'm actually trying to commentate that. I'm working with Jeff right now to see if I can commentate that one. So I'm actually pretty excited about that. Um, but it's going to be good. Uh, the, the Giant Commanders Cup has a plaque on the screen. So it's going to be a tradition that every time the next winner wins, we're going to put a stamp on it for who won that year. We're going to try and keep that going as long as we can and keep rotating people in. We have over, I think, 2,500 members or more, and we're just going to keep rotating people in. Like, hey, if you want to be a part of this. And so... Also with the Commander's Cup, and if people are watching this VM, guys, we're trying to get, get them involved. So the criteria is, like, you have to be involved with VM. You either got to, like, help pit for VM. You got to play a local event with VM. You got to do something VM involved to be to qualify to play on the Commander's Cup line. You can't just be a ghost, a part of the, the Facebook group chat, and we come up Commander's Cup and be like, hey, I want to play. Like, we're trying to get you involved to do something with VM and we could backtrack, but like, hey, he, he did pit or he did play an event or something like that. Then we could try and you're eligible to roster. Because there's so many people who are like, I want to play, I want to play, I want to play. And it's like, well, we only have so many slots. But if we see that this guy played four events and he says he wants to play and this guy didn't do anything he wants to play, well, we're going to try and go with the guy who's dedicated more time to the VM kind of thing. So we're not trying to be unfair, but it's like, hey, you know, you put your time and we're, we're going to try and get you in the boat. We'll rotate through everybody as this goes on. So. 
Right. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you've got so many members and there's only, what, 10 to 15 slots, depending on uh, how many guys you're rostering on each line? I think we do 10 guys on the line. I think we try at least at least have like two lines is what we try and do to keep it fair, roughly. So, yeah, around there. All right. Um, so I know you mentioned the Coast Guard and the Space Force. Are they going to be fielding lines this year or are we just going to see the four branches again? We're just going to see the four branches because we, I don't think we don't consistently have whole lines of those guys yet. Um, but the Coast Guard, I believe, will think the Coast Guard could fall in with the Navy and the Space Force will fall in with the Air Force if they do want to play. I believe that's already been put out. Got it. All right. So uh, this next question is brought to us by Mariachi Aguilas de Oro. So for any veterans or service members that are out there that are looking for a community, how can they get connected with veteran militia? So just go on Facebook, look up BM PayPal group and just, you know, join group. You don't have to answer questions. We do try and vet. We, we vet everybody. All right. We may, we, you know, it's not trying to get in your personal business. It's like that, but we don't, we don't want stuff getting out. Sometimes the paintball community is very kind to us. Sometimes discounts come up. That's only for vets. Um, and we try and just, when those discounts come out, we just give it to the veterans. So we want to vet you and say, hey, when did you serve? What branch were you in? Do you have proof that you served? And we try and vet you and look, you know, look at pictures. Hey, do you have proof that you served? You know, we just want to make sure that, you know, there's no stolen dollar. We want to make sure that there, there's actual proof that you did your time and you served and stuff like that. Um, so go and be in PayPal group, submit your stuff, show you serve. And you know what? Anybody who does watch this, who doesn't even play paintball, it's a great group just to be a part of, just to hang out with guys. Just you don't, if you just want to see dudes play paintball, but if you just want to hang out and drink beers and talk crap, that's what it is about camaraderie, just kind of hanging out. That's what we're really all about. And I think I've seen somewhere that veteran militia does more than just paintball, correct? They've also got other things like fishing teams. Yeah. So uh, I actually run BM fishing group. So I run uh, veteran fishing group. I did a lot of fishing during the COVID year. So when COVID happened, I kind of put paintball on the back burner and I started fishing a lot. So I did a lot of competitive fishing, started a group, and that actually took off pretty good. And a lot of guys started getting together and just fishing because there's nothing really fucking wrong. I'm not going to say fishing is cheaper because if you get into it, it becomes just as expensive as paintball. But uh, yeah, guys, get in fishing. Hey, grab a pole, grab a beer, go fish. The whole point of So paintball is just a conduit to get guys together. But that's the whole point paintball is. That's, that's the only reason like we use paintball as is. But it's just to get guys together to talk, to hang out, to reach out. I can't tell you how many times in and the PayPal group and the BM PayPal chat where funny memes will come up or some guy will come up and be like, yo guys, I'm having a hard time. And guys will reach out to him. Or somebody would say, Hey man, uh, my buddy lives here. I've been trying to get a hold of him. I can't get a hold of him. And then you would have blast of people just texting, where is he? I could get I hey, I live in this area. I could get over there. And we can have guys uh, throughout the fifty states, we can find somebody in that state who's local in that area, knock on someone's door within a matter of 35, 30 minutes to an hour to get to someone's house just to double check whether they know that person. And we've done that in real time. And that's 100%. And I think that's a pretty amazing thing to be able to do. Um, and so sometimes like guys like, hey, I'm getting out of the military. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. Or I just got out. I'm lost. And so it's, the biggest thing is just to help each other. And that's why I love this group. PayPal is just a way to 
bring each other together and, you know, we just like being assholes to shoot each other. So that's pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, y'all's organization that you've built is, uh, nothing short of incredible. And I know that even, uh, someone who's not, you know, I'm, I'm not a service member. I've never served, but I do come from a military family and I, I recognize how important, uh, organizations and groups like that and just people to talk to, to help with, uh, the transition or even just like, you know, day to day, having someone to talk to that kind of knows the experience. Uh, so, um, so yeah, any uh, veterans or uh, current service members that are looking for an organization, even if you're not, uh, even if you happen to find this podcast and you have no interest or involvement within the game of paintball, uh, you know, reach out to Veteran Militia. Uh, they've got uh, a great organization for for just uh, having a community in general. So reach out to them. Uh, so where Ryan, where can they find? veteran militia like uh, online social media how how can they get involved with these groups the simplest one we have is just being uh paintball group on facebook that's that's the that's the easiest one to find us on just go on there uh get vetted get in the group and send us a message that, that's the simplest thing to do perfect all right. So uh, this next question and looking at the chat real quick, we say uh, we've got hellos from uh, Pat Rayborn and also from uh, Brandon Ortega of Raps. So what's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, so this next question is brought to us by Paintball Kumite, which is Colt Roberts Training Regimen. Uh, so you're also a staff member for the Bunker Fest series, which, uh, as far as I know, is entirely staffed by veterans. So what is your role on this staff and what are some things that you can share about the behind the scenes work that goes into operating an event of this scale? So I am a rut. I'm a ground hunter. I, I'm a multi-tool. Whatever needs to get done, get done. Um, in one event, I have I've done parking duties. I've picked up trash. I put I've laid rock down. I've unloaded paint boxes. I've left paintball. Um, I've pumped out water. I was if you guys remember the first event, I was in the corner of field two at the time pumping out the corner. I was flooded with water and a squeegee, and I was me and Rangel were out there squeegeeing the corner and pumping all that water out. I was doing that for a while. Uh, I I do some commentating here and there. Um, everything. I we make sure we talk to all the vendors. Make sure they're taken care of. If they need anything, if they need any bags or anything uh, during the hot event, the last one. Make sure everybody was staying cool. Make sure no one needed any water. Uh, Make sure it was hydrated. We're also make sure that everybody is taking care of themselves. Any kind of emergency scenes, we're on top of it. Also, we're pre-set up, so we make sure everything is set up 100%. We make sure that we are go. Like, we're not coming in the first day, like, with anything we have to do. Like, we're coming in, and there's, like, onesies and twosies, but we're coming in, and we're going. We do not leave that field until we're ready to go. There is no, like, oh, we'll take care of it. We don't leave that area until we know that we are 100% ready to go. And we are the first ones there. We're the last ones to leave. And that's one thing that we pride ourselves on 100%. Uh, the behind the scenes, man, we are assholes to each other. We call each other out on our shit. And if we're aggravated, we will chew each other's asses out. We will call each other out. <laughs> uh, the first event, 
Uh, we definitely got aggravated with each other, and we definitely yelling at each other in heated moments, but we get over it, bond. As we start to progress, you know, you kind of learn each other's, each other's ticking points, just like with any job, you know, but we all have the same goal in mind. And our one goal is to make sure that we provide the best possible event we can for Rangel and for the players. We were trying to support Rangel's dream by giving the best possible event we can to make Bunker Fish run as smoothly as possible. And we do that. 100%. So if, if anybody's ever seen any of the staff guys, we're running around all the fucking time. We're always trying to say, hey, how are you doing? How's everything going? You guys need anything? Can we help you guys out? We're always trying to do everything. If you guys ever see little Ricky Axtell with a little beard, looks like a gnome. <laughs> he always has a smile. He always has a smile on his face. Hey, how are you doing? What, what's going on? Like, I've never seen a guy work so hard with a smile on his face 20%. Blows my mind. So, uh, but I tell you what, we could be dog shit tired and still just love each other and be joking and just be like, man, what a great day. So it's uh, no matter how tired you get, it's 100 percent worth it. You want to trade. I want to trade anything for it to be able to be a part of this. I'm privileged that uh, Rangel asked me to be a part of this. 100%. And your your efforts as a staff as a whole definitely don't go unnoticed. And I've gotten the uh the great experience of playing all of the bunker fest since chris rangel has brought it back and one of the major standout things is just how many staff members are around and everybody's just constantly putting in hard work but also being that uh that great kind of uh face and it, great interactions with the players and with the spectators and with just the the people that are there so uh, we like I, I can tell you that my team like there's there's a very good reason why the Texas Titans were one of, you know, one of the teams that prepaid the full season up front is because we've had those great experiences, largely in part to this, you know, staff members like yourself. And it was a product that we believed in. So, um, yeah, just we I, I can tell you that we all appreciate all of the work that uh, you guys have been putting in. Guys and girls have been putting in all season. And yeah, we're looking forward to this one, which is, uh, yeah, we're going to be there tomorrow to walk the fields and then Friday paint's going to fly. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I mean, we're, we're not just, so yes, we're all veterans. So we all have a standard. We know what the standard is. We all have been through hell. We know what field being in the field and rain rained on and just living miserable life. Uh, we all know how it feels like just to be yelled at and just say, like, literally, I remember the very first event. I showed up. I literally parked my car. Rangel pulled up in the gator. Doesn't say hi or anything. He says, get the fuck in. And I just jump in, and he says, drops me off. He's like, go fucking do that. Not even a hi. What's up? Nothing. He just says, get the fuck in. Go over there. I'm like, Roger. And I just, we go to work. And that's just how it is. Like, sometimes it's not pleasantries. It's like, you got a job. Let's get the job done. And uh, that's just how it is. And secondly... We're all players. So when I'm out there trudging through, you know, however many inches of water in the corner of that snake, I'm like, as a player, I'm like, I don't want to slide into that. I know you guys don't want to slide into that. So I'm like, I want to get that shit out of there. So you guys are like, man, you guys are awesome. I'm like, look, dude, I don't want to slide into it. I know you don't want to slide into it. So if there's a way I can get rid of that, why not? 
I mean, it's not going it, to, it, I'm here working, might as well do it. So um, it just makes sense to me, like, why not try and help the players out on those little things? It, it doesn't take that much effort, you know, so. Absolutely. And the operation is, it's a huge operation. You've got over a hundred teams at all of these events and uh, that have like last year, this series didn't exist. So, you know, making a whole lot of moves very quickly to become a very large uh, production. And I know that like this year, like, yeah, the, the first event was very wet. I mean, it rains in Texas. Uh, anytime you have an event period, uh, it just happens, you know, if you want it, if you want rain in an area, host a paintball event. That's the fastest way to get it done in Texas. So, um, we, uh, it's been impressive to watch like the, the way that, uh, the staff as a whole has been, uh, prepared for when things go wrong and they have those fallback plans and contingencies already in place to make sure that the show goes on. It's on to like, hey, we need this. That credit card will drop. He's like, get it. So I do not envy that man. How many times he had to drop his credit card for last minute things of like a generator or the water pump or whatever else. Like, oh shit, this just went down. He's like, he's like, all right, let's go. We, we got to get it because he's like, we need, we need it. We got to get operations going. So he sacrifices more. He sacrifices more than people realize. He definitely doesn't get the credit sometimes when people talk shit about him. He sacrifices a lot. So, hope people realize that in the end sometimes. Yeah, uh, definitely needs to. I think just the efforts of everybody that uh, goes through to put on paintball tournaments for all of us to enjoy. I think just in general, the the paintball public and I by paintball public, I specifically mean players and teams. Like they just don't realize how much goes into it and how big of a logistical nightmare it actually is. Yeah, it is. That's why I, in the very beginning, I was like, I do not envy any paintball promoter. And I do not envy <laughs> hundred percent. So this question is brought to us by why I paintball. So the championship event, just a couple of hours away at this point, um, tomorrow teams are going to be walking the layout. So what can we expect from the series finale as far as new things or even improvements to what we've seen all year? So very excited new thing, which they did in the past on the very first bunker fest is that we're going to have North versus South and the coaches. We're going to have Ryan Gray, and Gerald Garcia, Gerald Garcia playing in the original Bunker Fest way, way back. At, I do remember when the first Bunker Fest was. I want to oh, say it's like 2004. Like, yeah, like way back in the day when he used to play. So two legendary coaches going to be coaching the North, North versus South game. Really excited to see that. At the same time, it's going to be a split deck, and we're going to have the refs versus the staff. And that is going to be... A fun game. It, there's only some shit talking going on. Um, we got some fun custom jerseys. You know, uh, Rangel made us some custom jerseys, so I'm not going to give it away. Uh, well, I think he posted it already. He did. So we got some Aloha tea jerseys, so they're going to be pretty pretty spicy. I'm going to be playing on the uh, staff squad, so I look, for, I look forward to doing that. Um, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting, as long as uh, the refs aren't helping the ref team. We should do okay. So, but uh, what we are doing, I'm not sure if North versus South is. Don't quote me. 
with the ref and staff squad, we are limited to only four pods per person. So, but I believe we can rotate those pods around. So if like I'm a front guy, I can rotate like two of my pods to my back guy. But we only go on the field with four, but we can rotate them between people. So it's going to be a split tech, north versus south, and ref versus staff. And that's going to be on Friday on the live stream. So make sure you guys watch and throw your support to who do you think is going to win on both those games. It should be pretty exciting. All right. Uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to that one. I know uh, some of the teams got to put in a representative for the North versus South game. Uh, shout out to Patrick Rayborn, who's going to be representing the Texas Titans. Also, shout out to uh, Kenny Wilson, who is uh, representing veteran militia. He's also a Texas Titan. Uh, so rooting for both of those guys, both playing for the North team. Uh yeah, it's uh, super cool that they get to have this experience and also cool that uh, Ryan Gray gets to coach them and they get to have that experience under a pro coach, a uh, legendary name within Texas. And then uh, I think they also announced today the that there's going to be an MVP prize the, that Die is uh, providing a golden barrel for the North versus South MVP as well as the finals uh, X-Ball divisions. Yeah, so... Rango pulling tricks out of his hat. So yeah, the die, the die yellow barrel, the gold barrel. So you get to pull off some swag, make yourself a an MVP and stand out in front of everybody. So should be good. Also shout out to uh, Max and uh, Max and CMPT. And, yep, and compete uh, from yep. Yeah, for the jerseys and stuff like that. Uh, sponsoring those jerseys. So made by Under, but they sponsored those jerseys to be made. So for sure, yeah. Shout out and to that, Charles Dean. Shout out to Jell Stewart for those. And it was pretty cool because you have three different jersey companies coming together for the same cause of paintball. And that's pretty awesome. Like, they's like, hey, you want to sponsor these jerseys? My couple will make them, sponsor them for that. It's like, it's cool. It's like three jersey companies coming for the same cause. And I was like, that's pretty awesome to see. You don't see that a lot. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. And uh, Jell Stewart, who I had on like very early on in the show, I want to say he's one of the first 10 episodes. Uh, one of the things that he said was like, hey, if you even if you don't necessarily go with his company for your jerseys, like there's a lot of great companies within the state of Texas that operate and put out really good products. So uh, his his whole thing was if you even if you don't support me, support one of these other Texas companies. And there's and I really respect that viewpoint where like, Hey, they're, they're your competitors, but like, we're all, we're all Texan paintballers here. So we should support one another. Yeah. I love Joe. Joe's my boy. Joe's a vet. Played on AC together. Another Joe a long time. He's, he's always been a really good dude. A good soul. He's always been about the sport. Always a good person. Love that dude. So hundred percent. All right. So, uh, this next question is brought to us by FU Athletics. Uh, go to the fuathletics.com, use code in the pits 25 for 25% off of your order. So kind of uh, wrapping up your story here, uh, out of everything that you've uh, gone through within your paintball career, do you have a single favorite moment? My very first first place was always memorable. That was with uh, with AC. We we're playing the uh, it was either 
AXBL Lite, or it was, uh, what was the other one, ACES, ACES, or one of those, I can't remember, it was in Texas, it was that, I can't remember what building was that, but we took first, and we were, like, slopping in the mud, and it was raining, and it was terrible weather, but I remember uh, telling the guys, like, hey, this is my first, first place win, and they made it a big deal, and it's like that, so, that was always one of them, but, uh, I don't know, down with the boys. I'm just hoping to make some more memories. One of them will top the list, but there's a, there's a bunch of them out there, so I can't really pinpoint one exactly. Yeah, that's totally fair, especially for uh, how long you've been in the game. I mean, what, 1999 is when you first started playing tournaments, so that's geez, yeah. you know, 24, almost 25 <laughs> years at this point. Yeah, some guys who uh, were just born when I was playing. <laughs> I love it. Alright. So, uh, looking ahead now, uh, we're going to kind of do a preview into the bunker fest uh championship and kind of the series standings for each x-ball division so looking forward to the finale starting with division three x-ball uh greed has a commanding lead on the pack while uh the texas titans and palm beach vipers are neck and neck for the second place uh series prize uh, in order for either of those teams to upset Greed, uh, Greed would need to finish in fifth place or lower, and the Titans would need to win to steal. While uh, for the Vipers to win the series and steal it, uh, Greed would need a sixth place or lower finish. So I believe they're taking the top six to playoffs for Division Three. So that would mean... Uh, Greed would have to uh, just barely sneak in, not get the bye, and then lose first round for either of those teams to have a chance. So... Um, However, there is also a second place prize for the series that uh, both that all of the teams will be gunning for, which is a World Cup entry. It's not quite the ten grand that the first place series prize gets, but it's still still a hefty prize. So, who are some standout teams or individual players in Division Three that you've noticed, and what are your predictions for the event results and then the series? So, yeah, uh, D3 X Ball has been pretty explosive. I mean, so looking at the first place, this has been kind of everywhere through the board. Obviously, right off the bat, Greed going to be a competitive team. You know they're going to come in here hot. They're focused. I guarantee you they got, after how the last event ended, they got a big chip on their shoulder, uh, 100%. Uh, yeah, I don't know if anybody looks at rosters, but they, uh, they got a big killer coming in um, for this last event. Um, picking up Justin Dodge from Bearcats is going to be, they're going to be their snake one killer that they picked up. Um, it, they, they've had a good relationship with Bearcats and Hodges. And they're picking them up for this event. So that's going to be a big thing. I don't think, I don't know if they have Jay Money on the roster for this event, but uh, I didn't look at it. But I knew they had that snake killer stuff. Great stuff are going to come with a chip on their shoulder. Also, uh, through the grapevine, I heard Texas Titans have been making some moves and have some uh, mentality changes and coaches wise. So uh, you guys have been middle of the pack. Um, you guys play really consistent paintball from what I watch. Uh, I think sometimes you, you guys do take some commanding leads, but tend to kick yourself in the dick sometimes. Um, I think if you guys can play really solid, consistent paintball, you guys are going to be money. Vipers, you can never count the Vipers off. The Vipers have just always been a good organization. We have teams that have been, Solid organizations for long periods of time. They're going to be good teams. Look at look at their places. Fourth and a fourth, twelfth place. Texas shootout. I guarantee, or no, they got tenth place. Sorry, uh, I guarantee you, 
I personally have not experienced that type of heat down in Florida with no humidity. So coming into this space with decent weather, look for them to be uh, dangerous. Um, so outlaw anodizing, they took a first, but then they had two big lot or two big elevens uh, and nines. So I'm not too sure, even though they're placing. I would also watch out for New Mexico Ruckus. Two third places, first event. They lost in the fourth or big place in the 14th. Didn't do too well, but consistency with the two thirds, I'd watch them to come in with a chip on the shoulder as well, coming in hard. Can't count off Four Edge Paintball Factory at all. They took a 12th, to 8th, and 4th. You can see they've been doing better every single event, but that's also another legendary team coming out of a really good field. And they've also had good players and a good organization. I'd also watch out the sister team agreed, Everest, who took a second and a third. So they have a 13th in the middle of it, but they have a second and a third. And if they're the sister team of greed, I mean, you might see a greed avarice thing coming in the top. So uh, looking at some of my predictions, kind of like looking in here, some of the point spreads are tight. If I'm going to say, and to mention this, Texas Demolition is not playing. All right. They took third in the premier division, the very first event. They took second in D3. They took first in the Texas shootout. All right. If they would have played, they would have got half their points for Premier, which would have put them up in seeding second. They would, if they would have won, they would have took the series automatically. All right. Because they would have been way up in the points. And so for them not to play really changes a lot of things for the thing. But looking at how this is, I definitely guarantee, I would say, you're going to see greed up there 100%. I can say, I'm going to say if the Titans, the Titans go 3-0 through the prelims, I'm going to say you're going to see them at least in the top four. I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see Everest, Ruckus, and probably Prelage. I think you're probably going to see Viper, so I'm going to say probably five teams. That you're going to probably watch out for. Okay, so those um, are, those are your six teams that you think are going to uh, advance into the Saturday round. Yeah, to be honest, and this is kind of this is iffy. First degree, I think first degree has a chip on the shoulder. I think they they're in fourth, and uh, I don't think they got the showing they want. And those those boys up in the Northeast, they don't like the hot weather, and they were dying. You could tell they were like. They're like, bro, screw this. We are, we're out of here. They're like, we are not doing this stuff. Like, they were sucking dry that IV guy. Like, they were coming over to their house all the time. So, I think with some bad weather, I think those boys are going to come out hard. So, man, it's going to be hard. I guarantee you, uh, Green, Texas Titan Vipers, uh, Ruckus Pro Edge, and then Avarice definitely up there. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see first degree sneak up in there, but 100%. All right. Well, yeah, this is going to be a, going to be a spicy one. I know a lot of teams are gunning for that series, uh, first place and second place. Uh, obviously the weather at that last one was just absolutely brutal. Unbelievably brutal. I know, uh, uh, the IV guy Anson was, he's also a Texas Titan and he was saying business was very good for him at the last event. Yes. hundred percent. He said he was calling everywhere. He's like, I'll pay you double for the IV bags. So, but uh, definitely a good guy. He was definitely trying to. He, he was definitely trying to help you out. So I really appreciate what he's trying to do. 
Absolutely. So uh, let's head over to uh, Division 4 X-Ball now. And this one's brought to us by Hydra. So over in D4, the race is much closer. So uh, Houston Zone has a 14-point lead over Austin Notorious, uh, who won the first two but then had a 16th place in uh, – in an early exit at event three uh, over in third place, we've got balls out. Who's not too far behind. And then we've got uh, TKO from Houston. And then we've got Dallas pirates to round out the top five. So none of these teams are safe with double points. Um, and with there being uh, a little bit fewer teams uh, in this event compared to the uh, events that we've seen earlier this year, there's only, I think like 25 teams in division four. So, the gaps between placements are going to be larger. And then on top of that, you have the double points. So as far as the series goes, it's going to be a lot tighter race. So uh, what can you tell me about teams or players to watch and give me your uh, predictions on the final four? So I, I think, I think awesome choice. That's, I believe that Mark Franz is not going to cut any corner. He's going to bring every coach he can. You might tell Ryan Gray the coach him or whoever. He's going to bring everybody. He's going to have the best staff he could probably have. I know Skyler Molina wasn't there in the last event. I don't know if I don't know if they had their um, boogeyman. I don't know if he was there. I don't think they had their full roster that they usually had. Um, they just didn't look like the same once in the first team that you saw the first two events. Um, but also to say that Memorial Classic, they were down over the three, and then they came back and they're like winning it by a little bit. So um, I think having those key players back, and I know you guys practiced some the other weekend, right? Yes, we did. So um, I don't want you to give anything away, but I guarantee you they were out with the vengeance grinding hard, and I know that team was grinding hard. So uh, they're definitely going to be, I guarantee you, that 16th place, they're pissed, and they're holding a grudge. And I guarantee you they're mad. They're like, they, they went in there saying, we did not win two first places and take a 16th. We are not going out this way. So I guarantee you they're pissed off. So they're coming with the, coming with the pain. That being said, Houston Zone, that's not a slack organization. They got tons of teams at the event. I mean, they got another team that took first place in T5. They got they – got, uh, five-man teams, they got a huge organization. So they have a second and they got a first. So Houston Zone is not going to back down. Their, their, their rivals is notorious in zone. That's going to be the big rival. Two Texas powerhouse teams coming for blood. And they are not backing down. They said, no, we deserve this spot. We deserve to be up here. And I guarantee you're going to see zone and you're going to see notorious. They're going to both be grinding out. Ball's out. So ball's out took 11, took a seven, and they come back with a second. Ball's out was looking lights out. They were looking stellar. And I think they were looking stellar because I think the last event, the layout played to their strengths. They had a two, a one-two snake attack that was unstoppable. They were boom, 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 boom. They had a double power snake attack because both their ones and their twos were ball fucking snake guys. They could get the corner, they could get the snake one, and vice versa. So if the snake one died, the corner was a snake one. So they're very powerful. And to say that, they also didn't have one of their starting snake players there. So Hector Andre, uh, Andre I believe, he wasn't there. They picked up uh, Mo Galvin, or not, uh, uh, they I picked am. up Galvin. Yep. And I am. they picked him up, who was prior demolition, or with Texas demolition, they picked him up. 
So if they keep him on and they get Hector back, man, like, so they didn't have a big Dorito push, but they pick up that they get their, their starting snake guy back, maybe throw somebody on the Dorito side as an attacker, man, they're going to be a threat. I guarantee you, if, if the layout suits that team as far as like a fast snake, then they're going to be a, they're going to be a threat. So I think if, if the layout suits balls out, they're going to be a threat. So they had 11th and the 7th, you know, eh, okay, 7th respectable, 11th. But uh, if the layout suits them, I think balls out is going to be good. TKO, so I have my buddy, Pate Smith, plays on the team, shout out to him. So they have pro coach, they have a pro coach, uh, Mike from Dynasty. Yeah, Mike Arena. Mike Arena. Uh, so if he's there, he's going to be one of their coaches. Obviously, he's going to give them a good game plan to figure everything out. Uh, they were playing super tired. They were grinding. And to take third place with how tired they look and how hard they were playing, it shows a lot. So with the weather being better and if they have the same players and the same grinding mentality and the same coaching, look them to be a threat coming in. And I guarantee you Pace Smith probably didn't slack on anything as far as getting that team ready at all. So um, I think they're going to definitely be um, someone to look at. Definitely. And, and just to speak on TKO, uh, TKO was another team that we scrimmaged over the weekend. And okay. yeah, we played. So Saturday we played Notorious and Houston Zone. And then Wait, Sunday. Did you, play, did you play TKO from Houston or Texas? We, we played Pate's team. Okay. Okay. So Saturday we played Austin Notorious and Houston Zone. And then Sunday we played TKO and the Texas Cyclones. And okay. so like those, all of the teams that we hosted, they were all looking ready. So like, especially for division four, like those guys were, uh, they were definitely looking impressive and all looking like teams that are going to go, uh, give teams headaches in division three next year. Right. So like being a D three team and you're playing D four teams, you're like, man, these guys are looking solid. You're like, okay. Like, I like seeing what I'm seeing. So yeah, TK, like those four teams definitely, uh, deserve to be there. I think for balls out, it's, yeah, I think it's going to be a layout thing. They definitely have the attackers. They have Hector back. Um, I think they're going to be killer. I um, I'm going to say watch out for the donut, the donut shop mafia. They got two solid squads. I mean, it, when you have two squads, one's in seventh and one's in ninth, whether their placings are high, when you have two squads that are that close, you know they're grinding hard. Those El Paso boys grind hard and they're scrappy. They want it. They'll talk crap the whole time they're doing it. So I would definitely watch them to come into this last event, like straight up, like they're, they're, they're coming for it. Um, Contra kind of middle of the pack. They also picked up coach Colin Sherry. Um, so he's definitely going to make sure they're ready coming in. Uh, there's nobody any really else. I see coming out like Texas ultra didn't play the last event. They took second, the first one, uh, detox took fourth and Memorial team 13 took fourth. So other than that, there's some kind of teams here, here and there, but to be honest, uh, nothing super really that's going to jump out at me. So if I want to say predictions, uh, top four, definitely Austin, the Torres zone, balls out TKO. Uh, I definitely do not count out donut shop, any of the donut shop teams whatsoever. Um, yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah, those, I mean, those four teams have been, uh, very strong throughout the whole year. Uh, I, 
you know, to be, I am going to be a little bit of a homer and uh, shout out my D4 team, the Texas Titans. Uh, they've rebuilt uh, middle of the season. And the last Bunker Fest event was their first season or their first event under the rebuild. Added a couple of players like uh, Leslie Cluis from Dallas Vibe. Uh, they also added uh, Kyle Hunter. And let's see, I don't want to forget anybody from my own team. So let me pull up the list here. Uh, added Jerry Pascal. Um, uh, to this team and they uh, they're coming off of a third place finish at the last USXBL event as well. So uh, the team's starting to really gel together and, you know, maybe we see them trying, you know, starting to actually reach their potential. I could see that team uh, being, you know, kind of on upset alert for some of the other teams if they, if they match up with any of the top dogs early. Yeah. So it looks like they took a 20th first event, then it plays second, and then they took an eight. So, if we were building there, that's the way to rebuild. To go from 28th, miss an event, to take an A, that's saying something. Um, definitely probably not in running for the series, but definitely to get up there in the top four to be an upset team, 100%. Because, look, not in running for the series doesn't mean you still don't want to try and win. Like, just because, like, some teams, I hate when teams are like, I'm not gonna, we're not going to play the last event because we're not going to win the series. That's not the fucking point. You play the win. You play to win. It's not just because of the series. You play to win. It doesn't matter about the series. You play to win first. You play to win second. Like, like to, to have the excuse like, well, we're out of the series. We're not going to play. Like, that's a loser mentality. Like, you play every event to try and win the event. Like, you could have played none of the events at all, then come in here and win first place. Like, yeah, you just won first place, and then you just upset all these other teams have been playing every single other event. And you came in and stomped everybody and won it. I think that says more about you and your team than it does you playing every single event and then not winning. Personally, like if, if like Nas and Notorious took like full first places and you came in and you stomped them and you took first place, I think that would say more personally. So, <laughs> right. And it's not like the individual event prize isn't like fat like it's still even in division four it's still five grand for first place at the individual event so like there's there's no reason for you not like to just use series prize as an excuse because there's still like there's still plenty up for grabs exactly and so i mean i if you're using that as an excuse it's a cop out unless you're just trying like hey we're not gonna play because we're saving up for this and that i can understand okay we're saving our money for cup we're saving our money for this league or that league I understand that, but if you're going to use an excuse, we're not playing because we're not going to series anyways, I'm like, that's a cop-out. Like, just play the win. That's what you should be doing. 100%. All right, so let's wrap it up with uh, Division 5 X-Ball. So the two top dogs are Houston Zone D5X and Texas Titans D5. They're practically tied. They're within one point of each other, and both of these teams have met up in the playoffs every single event. Texas Titans took the first matchup in March, and then Zone took the... uh, Zone took the other two, knocking out the Titans. Um, the last one was in the finals. The one before that, I think, was in the quarterfinals. Uh, so Austin Oni is in third place right now, but there are a decent gap behind the top two. So I'm going to assume that the it's going to be one of these two teams winning the event, which it's been the case all year. So uh, assuming these two teams meet again and it's going to be a winner takes the whole series, who's your pick? Oh, man. Um, both of them are scrimmaging 
your squads. I mean, they have two other squads to scrimmage, and then Houston has two other squads to scrimmage. Uh, Stone, a fourth, a third, and a first. Titans, a first, a fifth, and a second. Uh, man, that's a, that's a hard one to call. Both of them are looking really – I think, how about this? Uh, the team that adapts that adapts the most um, in prelims to – okay, so I guarantee you they're both probably going to make out prelims. I will say that. But the team that can adjust their game plan, move it on to the next round to make it stronger, will definitely win. If they can not, if they could just have the base game plan to move from the prelims and be more competitive, adjusting faster, they're obviously going to win. So whoever's the more mature D5 team to recognize the faults and adjust to them, they're going to win. Because at that point in D5, it's the being the smarter team to justify. Because D5 is not the experience. Everybody's guns. Everybody's going to be sloppy and shooting and stuff like that. The teams that can get that kill off the breaks, the team that can communicate, make that right bump. So whoever team trained, so if Christian, if you trained your team, your younger team guys, right, they're gonna do well. If the zone, the zone guys trained their younger guys, right, then they're gonna do well. So that's a hard one to call. I, I don't know if I could really call that one. They're both really good. I mean, if you want to look at consistency wise, like zone, zone's looking on fire right now with consistency wise. So. Um, but that last match D five X ball was really tight. So it's really hard. It's really hard toss up. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Austin Notorious D five coming for an upset. I would not see the surprise them seeing coming in for upset. And I would not be surprised to see Outlaw anodizing. I see Outlaw. So top four, Zone Titans, Notorious and Outlaw anodizing. Because they're they took they missed the first event and then they took a second and a third. So I, I would not be surprised. You see Allah Anadizy come in and upset everybody because they actually looked really freaking good in the finals matches. Like they barely lost. I can't, what it came down to like a one on one between in the middle of a match and then they played a couple matches, but they were looking really freaking good. So I would not be surprised to see them upsetting some people as well. Yep. It's definitely, uh, no, nobody's safe and nobody's an easy game here in Texas. Uh, I think for, as far as who's going to take it, I mean, I, I love how you said the maturity thing is going to be the key indicator because like if this is division five. There's definitely going to be games where like if you are the better player, like just individually, there's like, yeah, I guess that is a way to win and put points up on the board. It's just being better individually and running down and shooting everybody and, you know, getting these high point spreads. But when it comes to playing a team who is more to your skill level or like it, like these two teams are pretty close to evenly matched and it's going to be the team that in the prelims, they focus on how they're winning versus just how much they are winning by. If, if they focus on, you know, the, the fundamentals of team paintball, which is zone control, communication, um, you know, things like that. So if it's going to be, I think the team that shows the, that they're winning the right way in prelims is going to be the team that takes it all. I mean, the team that, in a blind layout, team that can learn from the prelims and move on at the same time, is a team. If, it, if you're just trying to win, if you're just trying to win prelims and just like survive to move on, but not learn anything, you're you're gonna get destroyed on Sunday. The really good teams are the teams that are learning in prelims, but they know they're gonna move on to move on to the next round. So they're like, 
they're learning the layout, they're, they're progressing, they're winning points, they might purposely lose a point because they're trying to learn and try something. And those are the mature teams. If you're just trying to grind through prelims and you know not really understanding the layout when it's a blind layout, then you're just going to struggle as you move on. So that's where that maturity level comes into. Okay, we're trying to learn this layout while we're playing these prelim games and understanding when to do things and not do things. And that's when you learn Sunday teams. And that's when you see the pro division. You see you see these younger pro teams, and you're like rooting for them because they're doing so well in the prelims. But then you see those Sunday pro teams come out, and that's why they're Sunday pro teams because they know that next level. They know the maturity. They know when they make those moves, how to make those adjustments, what to do. And those younger teams just haven't learned that next step yet, and they're so close. And that's just what it comes down to, that experience. Exactly. I mean, how many times have we seen a team go 4-0 in prelims, like be it NXL or whatever tournament series, whatever division, like a team goes 4-0 in prelims, and then they lose the first game on Sunday. Happens all the time. I talked to uh, Johnny Lukow at Chicago. I was like, hey, how's it going? He's like, he's like, oh, you know, you know, we're two and zero, we're three and zero. He's like, but you know, if we're just, we're like losing point, like not feeling right and stuff like that. But he's like, it's good, I like it. And it's like, you know, they, they've won four events in a row, right? And so it's like, but he's like, if we're not losing in prelims, it scares us because like we're not learning. Like you want to lose, you want to win your matches, or you win your games, but you want to lose in your matches because you want to learn while you're in there. Like, you want to learn and progress the whole time. And anybody who's real competitive, the Sunday paintball players expect expect to make Sunday. Like, prelims is a learning experience. They know they're going to win the prelims. 100%. They don't, they don't worry about them. All it is is growing pains. Hey, let's try this out. Let's try this out. Hey, is this lane on point? Hey, can we get this G off the break? Hey, can we do this? Because uh, all they're focused on is Sunday people. Hey, we know we're going to make Sunday. This is just the learning phase. This is when we actually start kicking up the gears and start implementing stuff. And so some teams just trying, man, we made it all the prelims, and then they get destroyed, like you said, on the first day. They're not a Sunday team. Those teams who are Sunday teams, they're just, you know, working out the kinks and prelims because they are already focused on Sunday and moving on. For sure. All right, so... Yeah, the, uh, those all of those teams out there listening, trying to get any last second uh, preparation going in. Yeah, just focus on how you're winning versus uh, how much you're winning by, and that'll that's gonna win you tournaments. Uh, like point spreads are nice, but if you're gonna win the whole thing, win tournaments. Focus on how you're winning as a team. So, uh, that we're getting towards the end of our episode. Anybody who's tuning in, uh, first of all, thank you for tuning in. Um, and it looks like Angie Angie Tejeda in the in the chat says uh, Austin Oni's got it this time around. Uh, so we got a, we got a fan there uh, rooting for the upset. So uh, if you're listening, uh, you've got a couple more minutes to get your questions in the chat, get them in now. We're getting toward the end of our episode. So uh, this next question is uh, brought to us by get that shot. Who's going to be uh, taking photos and videos this weekend at Bunkerfest? message him on Facebook or Instagram. If you're still needing media coverage and get signed up. Uh, so, uh, Ryan, are there any, anybody in Texas, either teams, players, brands, projects that have caught your attention lately? Uh, who do you think in Texas, uh, within paintball in general deserves more recognition for what they're doing? I think anybody 
who is trying to help evolve in a good way. Um, I appreciate what you do, Christian, with the podcast. I love your spectrum on uh, like pros, staff bunk fest, low level players, high level players. Like you're everywhere. I like how it's just full spectrum. That's great. You see, I like being able to get everybody's point of view in the paintball community so that way everybody on all realms of paintball can relate. That's awesome. I like anybody in all type of leagues, all, all the, you know, you know, I don't have no animosity towards anybody. It doesn't matter where you come from, you know, the Lucals, Hinman, Rangel, uh, whoever's running the leagues, it's like that. Um, anybody who's just trying to make paintball better, trying to promote paintball, trying to trying to make paintball better for the players, trying to make the format awesome, trying to give good locations. Uh, hats off to them for trying to do what they can best for the players, sacrificing their time, their money, you know, everything they can, their fucking, their stress levels and their blood pressure through the roof. Um, sacrifice of the players to keep playing this crazy sport, you know, coming out, you know, playing through heat, playing through sludge and rain and just all that crazy stuff and to just have a smile on your face and keep coming out. Thanks for all the vendors that keep coming out and supporting us. Anson and the IV guys, man, you guys have been nonstop awesome coming out. Uh, thanks for all the vendors who just keep wanting to come out and support. Uh, thanks for new vendors coming into the sport of paintball and just seeing what you can offer to bring it. Um, all the paintball fields I like to pop up to help sports. Every time a field or a sponsor can give $5 off or $10 off for a little discount. That's big for a player. They see it. They love it. Thank you for it. Players, don't expect that discount. Don't know expect the discount. We'd appreciate it if the discount comes. Don't be like, hey, is there a sponsor? Hey, can I get a discount? We appreciate the discount comes. All right? If it comes, we appreciate it. Don't always ask for it. If the sponsors or the vendors give you to them, say thank you. So um, just be kind to each other. Be humble. Keep playing paintball. Have fun, and uh, hopefully paintball can keep growing. Sex paintball can keep rocking and winning everything. For sure. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of cool stories out there in paintball, and it's. I know that there are some podcasts out there like that's not necessarily their style. They're more of like a current events talk show type uh, podcast, which is great, and we need uh, shows like that to just kind of keep us up to date with the with the day to day within the paintball scene, but. Uh, I know whenever I was starting the show, my focus was let's, there's so many stories out there within paintball, not just from the pro level, not just from, uh, the professional league, but it could be anything like league owners, referees, vendors, photographers, um, you like kids, youth division players, uh, other shows could be really anything like I've had. Uh, a couple people on this show that don't even really play paintball. Like uh, one one guy is the paintball trading cards guy, Ryan Polito. Uh, he he's not really a tournament guy. He's played like one or two times, but his passion is uh, like media and trading cards. You know, get getting all of these stories uh, from the community as a whole, and yeah, that's gonna be that's that's why I keep doing it is to is to get all of the stories from everyone because there's there's a lot of great stories a lot of great people out there that deserve uh that deserve the spotlight so i i try to 
point the spotlight around to a lot of different people. There is one last spotlight. It doesn't get there. The refs, guys. See? From jumping in as ref here and there, I promise you, I promise you, whenever, and I will, I'm the first one, I'm hot tempered, I will yell at a ref and hurt me, motherfucker, all day long. But kind of call it that, did it that. And then I'll try to shake their hand, I'll apologize. Like NXL ref, like I got a flag, I was talking, I was cussing, I'm not going to apologize, I'm sorry. He appreciated that. If you don't think that the refs and the head ref aren't hard on their referees as you are hard on them, you're kidding yourself. Because I can't tell you how many times a ref will pull his refs in and be like, yo, you guys need to make the right calls. You guys are fucking up. All right? That was a bad call over there. You shouldn't have made that call over there. Stop being lazy and get in there. You go do this. Like, like Dylan would pull his refs in and say, hey, you guys need to be better. All right? So if you guys don't think that refs are holding refs accountable, then you're kidding yourself. All right? So, look, refs are human beings. They mess up. They don't see calls. They do see calls. And in the midst of chaos, sometimes the call goes your way. Sometimes the call doesn't go your way. Shit happens. Trust me. I'm the first person to freaking argue 100%. I got it. It's frustrating. 100%. But if you don't think that, especially in our league, and I guarantee a lot of other leagues probably do the same thing, if you don't think the refs are holding each other accountable and the head refs are holding his refs accountable and calling their out on the BS, you're mistaken. So if you see a ref, shake a hand. Tell him, tell me, hope he has a good day. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The, and I mean, think of all the refs that, that are out there doing it. Like they're there every event. I mean, like even just think of the last event, like how hot and miserable it was. They're out there all day. I don't know what kind of rotation there was at the last event, but, um, I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't, you know, you're not on for a match off for a match by any means. You're out there all day. Uh, and you're getting shot more than the players are by a, a huge margin. And then like the, sometimes you're just a, you know, part of the background. Sometimes you're like the, the target of hate by whoever's on the field and it's, it's a difficult job. And that's why, and there's also like the reason why paintball specifically has sometimes as many, refs on the field as players sometimes even more refs than there are players on the field is because it's that's how tough the job is so yeah uh shout out to all of the refs out there that sacrifice their time for not not as nearly as much as they should be getting paid like compared to how difficult the job is and how miserable it is so yeah all right all right nfl refs i gave you eighty thousand for thousand dollars like i can't pay that much to get shot <laughs> absolutely so yeah go thank a ref uh yeah and so i think that just about does it for our show i'm checking the chat right here doesn't look like there's anything else so uh this final question is brought to us by compete which is Jell stewart's brand message him on facebook or instagram mention in the pits for 10 percent off of your order of soft goods so ryan thank you so much for your time do you have any last shout outs or things you'd like to say before we sign off Hey, appreciate you having me on. Hope everybody who comes out to Bike Fest this weekend has a great time. Bring a costume. Uh, hey, let's finish off this last event with a bang and have a good time. Make sure you guys watch Christian's podcast. He's doing a good thing for the community. 
And uh, you see me walk around, say what's up. Uh, thank any of the staff and the refs for what we do. Thank Chris Ringale for trying to put on a great show. And, uh, hey, I just hope we all have a good time. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on, Christian. Absolutely. And Ryan, just so just so we know, everybody's listening out there. Uh, if we were going to thank you, uh, what's your what's your beverage of choice to be getting thanked? <laughs> um, dude, I, I mean, any beer is fine with me. I'm personally a whiskey guy, so I I'm a fish. I can drink anything. But if you want to toss me a beer, I'll drink a beer with you if you see me walking around. So. All right, y'all. There it is. Uh, yeah, just have have that ready. Have that ready. Get you know, come come with a little bit extra if you're heading to Bunkerfest this weekend. So uh, that does it, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to go follow Ryan at gnarly underscore adventure on Instagram. Uh, so what other guests would you all like to see on the show? Be sure to leave a comment down below while you're at it. Hit that subscribe button. The show goes live weekly here on youtube.com slash at in the pits paintball podcast and recordings are posted to YouTube, Amazon, Apple podcasts, and Spotify the next day. I want to give a shout out to my partner and sponsor to your subscribers on Patreon, FE athletics, get that shot, paintball, Kumite compete, Bem raps, skull monkeys, paintball, Hydra, XTPL Events, YI Paintball, Mariachi Aguilas de Oro, and Pod Runners Union. So we will see you all next week for episode 69, where we are going to have our first returning guest, which is Jason Bonner. And we will also be joined by Casey Harris, who has been coaching Greed's team the entire year. Casey Harris is also the coach for Paintball Fit Semi-Pro team. Uh, hopefully, I'll get to bring them on as the second place Bunker Fest series team. Uh, but we'll, we'll see about that this weekend. So be sure to tune in then. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for your time.